Hello and welcome to On the Preds with me, your host, Alex Darty and Sean Smith of A to Z Sports. How's it going? You know, it, it's going really well. It's been a it's been a rare weekend where we didn't have to take any children to any sports. So you don't get those too too often these days. No, <laughs> no it is. Uh, it, it's been a it's been a wild week for me as well. I think we've we've uh, we've had a very emotional and uh, testing week of softball and school kindergarten and swimming and all kinds of stuff so it's been a, it's been a tough week but uh we are here on a sunday night and we are here to talk about preds hockey welcome in on the preds uh sean fully on board with a to z sports published his first article this week uh about the defensive puzzle that john hines mm. is gonna have to deal with uh check that one out uh my article this week i published on Wednesday, I think it was. It was about UC Soros, in particular. How much should he play? I think that's kind of a, a question that we're going to be trying to address going into training camp in a month or so. UC Soros, um, I think he should play significantly less. I mean, like sixty games or less, but uh, we'll see. Um, so go check out those articles. Uh, you know, we'll sh- with with Sean and myself on board at A to Z. You're going to get more. You're going to get more, you're going to get more quality, and it's going to be great for the the listener and the reader So to, to take in. So um, having said all that, today's episode is a special one because we are actually not going to focus too much on the hockey because, let's face it, the hockey is not really happening right now. We are a month from training camp. We don't even have a date for training camp starting, right? No, I, I'm still not sure when it is. Um, right. Hopefully we'll hear something soon. I bet we'll find out this week when training camp starts. That's my hunch. That would be a good announcement to make. But like um, so what we decided to do is uh, Sean and I both like music. Big music fans. Probably not yeah, a lot of- I've, I've, been, I've been known to listen to music before. Probably not a lot of people out there who aren't into music. And so we actually did something about this a long time ago on Twitter spaces. We just like hit on it. And then all of a sudden it turned into this thing. And, and I decided to bring it back for this. And that is, we are going today to talk about Nashville Predators players as karaoke songs. Everybody has been to karaoke before. If you haven't, I'm sorry for your existence because you are missing out. Karaoke is fun, uh, especially if you're in the college life, you're the nightlife, you're in the, the you know the drinking life. It's a fun thing to do, uh, you know, on a night of partying. Uh, going to karaoke, singing silly songs, making a fool of yourself. It's just its just a great time. Uh, I've done plenty of karaoke myself. I haven't done it in a while, actually. Uh, Sean, I'm assuming that you are just a karaoke master. Is that fair to, um, fair to say? There, there was a time in my life where there was a lot of karaoke going on. I've got a really fun story that I probably don't need to tell right now <laughs> okay. um, about getting, when I was in college, getting uh, – Asked to leave from our new college president's um, inauguration celebration <laughs> during uh, some several rounds of video karaoke. Um, yeah, it was bad. Uh, but no, I, what's what's your what's your go to karaoke song? Alex? Well, I was gonna say I, I've had a couple over the years. One of my one of my early go tos, like when I first kind of understood what karaoke was in college, was Hotel California, which I don't really love as a song, but it's just such a fun song to sing, and then also it's got a great guitar solo. You can do some air guitar too. Um, that's a great one. But 
towards the end of my karaoke life, which was maybe like the late 2000s, was R. Kelly remixed to Ignition. So that oh, wow. that song was fun to do. Not exactly. It doesn't really hold up well <laughs> because of uh, well, you know, R. Kelly, but still a fun song. My my first, I remember my first karaoke song. I was uh, it was it was like uh, summer before my senior year of high school. It was this big like a governor school type thing we had in Kentucky that I got to go to. And one night they're like, oh, we're going to have karaoke. And, and a lot of us uh, kids from the sticks had never had the chance to do it before. We'd just seen it on TV and in the movies, if you know what I mean. So um, I mm-hmm. found another kid who was, you know, kind of outgoing and, and personable. And we decided that we were going to team up on a song. We chose Rod Stewart's Do You Think I'm Sexy? That was fun. <laughs> nice. Nice. Good. And, and, and a lot of that, a lot of uh, did that become your, <laughs> Did that become your go to or? No, my, my go-to, uh, definitely Fat Bottom Girls by Queen. <laughs> I think we talked about this when we talked, when yeah. we did this on Twitter spaces, that was, that came up. Um, okay. So, so here's how this works. We, we both independently, we, we each have five players we're going to talk about and give them karaoke songs, but w- the standard here is basically just, does the player, does the, the song fit the player in a number of ways? Does the player, you know, exemplify the idea of the song, uh, maybe in the lyrics, maybe in the title, maybe in the style of the song, but then also like, could you see that player singing that song and, and crushing it, you know, doing, doing well at it. And our example, our, our example to lead into this, and this is not one we are presenting. It's just kind of the, the one that got us thinking about this is Matt Duchesne. In, in my mind, I think it, his karaoke song has to be wagon wheel. Because the lyrics fit him, uh, you know, lyrics like he was born to be a fiddler. Uh, he ain't turning back from that life no more, whatever that line is. Uh, I mean, the Rock Me Mama stuff is just like, I mean, but he's also prototypically, he just fits into that karaoke scene so well. Matt Duchesne does and that song does. Like both, you can see Matt Duchesne singing karaoke. You can see anyone singing that song in karaoke in downtown Nashville every single night. Um, or you playing it, not, not necessarily just karaoke, but playing it live. Um, it's a versatile song. You know, it can be played, you know, it's a single solo guitar. It can be played with a full band. Matt Duchesne, very versatile player. He can play, he's very good individually, but he also plays great, like on a team, on a line. Um, but it's also very simple. His, his skills are pretty, pretty straight up, straightforward, like not anything too crazy. But anyway, so Matt Duchesne, Wagon Wheel. That's kind of the idea. So we each have five players. I have, uh, well, we don't need to go over which five players we have. We'll just sh- say them as we go. Um, do you mind if I start? No, I <clears throat> I mean, was was Matt Duchesne part of it or was that just the example? That was just an example. I have five that are not Matt Duchesne. Okay. Well, yeah, then go ahead and start because okay. I want to hear how your style of presentation here. Before <laughs> we get, okay, so, get so my... It. Well, some of mine I'm going to like lead into what the song is, and some I'm just going to say. So this first one I'm just going to say. Ellie Tolvanen is Don't Stop Believing" by Journey. Don't stop believing. Hold on to that so the title, self-explanatory, right? Right now where Ellie Tolvanen is, is in his career – the, for the most part, Predators fans and the Predators, you know, the, the watching world are kind of just like really holding on to what Ellie Tolvanen could possibly be. You know, 
I think I think a lot of the lyrics kind of fit him. Um, in particular, there's one there's one verse where he, where the, the line where he's where Journey says, uh, "Working hard to get my fill. Everybody wants a thrill. Paying anything to roll the dice. Just one more time." Uh, I mean, I think Ellie Tobin has been working really hard to try to improve. And he's really, really wanting to thrill people, right? He like he really wants to increase that offense, but he's not quite there yet, right? And so here's where the here's where the deeper meaning of this song comes through. P- personally, I think this song sucks. I don't like this song. I think "Don't Stop Believing" is a very awful song. It is a very hot, typical, hot take alert. <laughs> it is a very just boring chord progression, the most commonly used chord progression like in history. Uh, the melody is really, really good. So it does one thing well. That's the key here. It does one thing really well. The melody is very good. It's, it's got a really good hook to it. It's got a good melody, but it's just so overused, so overplayed. I just don't really like the song very much. And I'm just, I'm curious if this song, I don't really understand why this song is continuing to get so much play in karaoke bars, but it is very popular. To me, that's kind of how I feel about Ellie Tolvanen. And it's like, I, I, I see the one thing he does well. He's got a good melody to his game. But there's so many other things that he doesn't do that I just I, I can't really see where he's gonna. So don't stop believing, Ellie Tolvin, and that's what I've got for you. I you know I, I had a thought as we're you know, we're doing this live, right? There's we're doing yeah. it live. Yeah. Um, I, I immediately thought of another song for Ellie Tolvin that might work, but I, I don't know if I need to shout it out right now or not. Yeah. What is it? Well, what about living on a prayer? It's good oh. for karaoke, and, and he's halfway there, right? Yeah, you're right. Okay, that would work. Whoa. He's living. He's living on a prayer, and that's a good karaoke song. That's a great karaoke song. Yeah, I I, I think, um, when we think about this, we got to think about you know would 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 the song does the song fit the player, but also like it is the is is the song a song that you would hear on a karaoke night, and and definitely living on a prayer. Yeah, you hear that for sure. And I, I'd be willing to bet that Ellie Tolvanen might sing that at karaoke. Yeah. So that's my first it's one. That's, kind of, that's actually the first one I wrote because I was like, I, I know, or, or the first one I wrote down. That I, I just, I knew I was going to start there. And the rest of them uh, are maybe kind of going a little bit different direction. But uh, all right, what's what's yours? What's your first one? Well, I'm not going to start with the, with the first one I came up with. I'm actually going to start. I, I decided that. Um, there's some some details or some information that's come to light recently um, that came directly from the team itself, and it was it was shocking. I think it caught a lot of people off guard. Um, you know, I didn't see it coming, and I'll admit, like it's almost like uh, hiding a secret in plain sight. But um, I, I went with the song "Sharp Dressed Man" by ZZ oh. Top. Okay, for Yakov Trinin. Oh, that's a good one. Because he wore the same suit that's a good every one. game. Yeah. If you don't um, know that story, is... if, for, for those that don't know, Jakob Trinan, there was a, a clip that went around. It actually went around during the season, but also recently for some reason. Yeah, Jakob Trinan wore the same, <laughs> the same suit every single day. Pretty impressive. But keep going, sorry. Well, that, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, I'll just say this. Did you ever notice it? Did you ever say to yourself, I believe Yakov Trenin's wearing the same suit every game? No, no, I never would have it, noticed anything like that. And that's the thing. You never you never question a sharp-dressed man because every girl is crazy about a sharp-dressed man. That's right. Um, 
granted the outfit that they describe in the song is not necessarily necessarily the suit that he's been wearing but the fact of the matter is uh now that he's got a new deal um maybe he can go out and get some more some more fancy clothes i i I think people will be paying attention this year yeah now that he's got the what was it 1.7 1.7 million per year so we times two yeah It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. I expect to see him in some uh, flashy gear. We'll just say that. Yeah, there you go. All right, so next up for me. My next player is Nino Niederreiter. So one thing that I have felt for a little while, and I, I don't know that – I can't really say that I've felt this forever about Nino, but I feel like this signing has been coming for a while. Something tells me that David Poyle has been wanting Nino Niederreiter for more than just a couple years, and but he like he hasn't really been able to make it work. So he had the Nino Niederreiter got traded uh, to Carolina from Minnesota, um, and it, like he basically the deals like there was no real way for him to make it work. But I I I do feel like David Poyle has had his eye on Niederreiter for quite a long time because uh, he's been he's been in the league for a while he's his name has come up in trades every now and then um so you might say that his path to the preds has been winding and the lights that have led him there led him here have been blinding so nino Niederreiter is wonderwall by oasis Oh. oh wow so I think that part, so I, let, let me just go to the lyrics real quick, because as I just alluded to, all the roads we have to walk are winding, all the lights that lead us there are blinding. There are many things that I'd like to say to you, but I don't know how, because maybe you're going to be the one that saves me. And after all, mm-hmm. you're my wonder wall. Now, a couple things there. First of all, they have needed some depth scoring for a while now. Like they finally figured out a line and a top line that works. They've got really good top scores. <clears throat> they need depth scoring so badly. I mean, you saw it countless times last year. <clears throat> Is Nino Niederreiter going to be the one that saves them? He's also, you know, he's he's also uh, he's he's very good. I mean, like he's he's a really good net front player. But there's also another part of this song that I think is even more fitting. And I I love the backstory of this song. So like for those that don't know, like. Oasis in the mid nineties was in this like kind of Brit pop battle with blur in 95, mm-hmm. 94, 95, somewhere in there. Blur was a, a London based Southern England band. So very like urban, um, um, type type band Oasis famously from, from Manchester. They're a really Northern England band. And, and there was this kind of rivalry between them. And when Oasis released, well, back up. When Blur released Park Life and uh, uh, Home Country, I think, uh, is an, that's a single, actually. But when they released those albums, they were, like, clearly better. I mean, they, they were just, like, they were beating Oasis to punch. And finally, Oasis releases uh, What's the Story Morning Glory with Wonderwall and Champagne Supernova and Don't Don't Look Back in Anger and all these stuff. And just completely, uh, Blur is no more. Like, Blur basically doesn't even exist anymore, except for Song 2, which ended up being their most famous song. But that came after. So anyways, um, in, in a way, here's the comparison. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm landing this plane. 
the Nashville Predators are not even close to the Colorado Avalanche or the St. Louis Blues right now. Just they're so distant, right? They need badly for like something to land, some some other piece to come in and improve their team to where they can not only get to the level of the Avalanche and the Blues, but like to pass them. And so I I think in some ways Nino Niederreiter could be that guy. I mean, he needs to be this like 20 to 30 goal scorer that's going to provide depth scoring so that the other guys can score as well and have a little bit easier time every night and be that wonder wall for them uh, moving forward. Wow. You know what? It's, it's really interesting. I, I enjoy the, uh, the history lesson here on the blur Oasis rivalry, because <laughs> as an American, I had no clue and I didn't, <laughs> didn't really know that that was a thing at all but there's a really good um, there's a really good documentary on it that's like that's really fascinating there's a whole other side of it that's like there's they were like in a culture war too like there was the you know oasis was like not a punk band but they were like kind of a dive bar like really rural and like they they were appealing to the common man kind of thing whereas blur was like this mm -hmm. like sort of prototypical big big market um uh corporate label kind of band and oasis was like mm. bump that we want to be counterculture it, which is weird i mean to think about it now i mean th those things are neither band is really counterculture at all but anyways <laughs> there's a good documentary about it so let's check it out you're you're not you're not counterculture if your song is a uh karaoke standard i'd say yeah exactly you're pretty mainstream and i, I think it's funny you know because you were you you said nino niederreiter and it's it's weird that you'd mentioned wagon wheel before because it talks about starting off in New England, right? And then, yes. you know, uh, thumbing my way into North Carolina. He started at the New York yeah. Islanders, ended up yeah. in, uh, with, the, with the Hurricanes, and now he's headed down south, not necessarily to the yeah. land of the Pines. Maybe There's the Cedars, also a line, but, in, there a line in there that's like running from the cold or something? Yeah, running from the cold up yeah. in New England. Nino, yeah. Nino Niederreiter ran from the cold, but so did Matthew Shane, for that matter. He ran from well, Colorado on Ottawa. And the, the North Country winners kept getting him down when he was in Minnesota. So, I mean, it's <laughs> – Yeah. Come on. I mean, wagon wheel works for everyone, right? All right. What's your second one? Oh, well, we could keep – it's not wagon wheel, but I, we could <laughs> probably make it work. All right. Let's see. I've already done this one. Let's uh, Let's pick another one here. Okay. Um, here's, here's one. Let's go ahead and get this one out of the way because it's not going to be as exciting as you think it will. Um, I, I went with UC Soros and, uh, very excited to, uh, pick a song for UC Soros. And, you know, I thought about what, what Soros, what is he there for? You know, when you've got, Gosh, when there's a when there's a defensive breakdown and the puck ends up in the uh, in the zone there and he's got to defend, you're really hoping that he's going to be the one to save you, right? Because he's a yeah. wonder wall. That's why I picked wonder wall for UC Soros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, oh, I didn't know anything about the uh, the culture war, but uh, you know that's okay. cool too. Well, All right. So just a quick note for our listeners, Sean and I did not share our lists before. No. I gave him a list of players and I took a list of players and then we did not. And before the show, we were like, Hey, I wonder if our songs are going to uh, be the same at all. And that Probably happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, Real quick. It works. well, it's a very popular song. I mean, it's, it's such a great song. You know, maybe you're, Go ahead. You're going to hear it more than once every karaoke night. You know, it's That's like, good. oh, great. Here's somebody else singing Wonderwall. 
And it's very, it's also very typical that we came up with it. With that, with that meme, that's like, and now here's Wonderwall, like that meme that comes yep. up on the internet. So there you go. It, it that's even per, even more perfect. Hey, you know what else? I also had this in my research notes for Wonderwall. We did a lot of research on this, probably more than we normally do for, for a show. Uh, in 2000, so there was this discussion about like what this what that song is about for Wonderwall, and I think this fits with UC Soros. Uh, this is actually perfect. So Noel Gallagher wrote the song, and some people said that it was about his girlfriend. Wait, I'm okay. sorry, did Noel Gallagher or was it Liam that wrote it? Hang on, let me. I gotta, I gotta research. Probably it. Noel. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make sure. It. Liam just he was the singer. He was kind of the, you know, the ne'er do well of the band. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. No, that that's right. So he he said like they they said it was originally about his girlfriend or whatever at the time, and he said, and this is a quote. It's a song about an imaginary friend who's come, who's, who's going to come and save you from yourself. And that last part is very important for UC Soros. UC Soros saves the predators from themselves on a nightly basis, doesn't he? That's exactly right. I'm almost thinking Wonderwall fits better for UC than it does for Nino. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a dual performance. Wow. Wow. Maybe they're singing harmony. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> um, all we, right. We gotta, Go ahead. I just, I don't really know if I can see, I mean, can you see either of those guys singing Wonderwall karaoke? Can you see them getting up there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. You see with the tats, you know, it's, now he's got tatted up. Uh, Nino's got these like dark eyes. He could get up there and really, really croon, you know, and mm. really, draw the draw the ladies in if you know what i mean you know like really yes. really into it I, I could see it yeah for sure all right okay uh, before we move on to the next one want to talk to you real quick about relax the back Ooh. if you want to live better feel better and sleep better every day you need to check out relax the back they have a ton of customized comfort options for the office for relaxing at home sleeping at night uh they also have tons of quality recovery options uh, if you've been injured or if you're recovering from a workout, um, you know, massage chairs, recliners, foot massagers, back massagers, all of it right there in the store. They've got this stuff called Technogel, which is even better than you know, like your Tempur-Pedic stuff. It's like Temper Ergo Smart base that has this cra crazy gel in it that when you sleep on it, it's going to correct your spine exactly the way it needs to be. Uh, wedge systems, posture pillows for getting you in the correct natural position for sleeping. Uh, I could definitely use some of those. I really love a good posture pillow. That's awesome. Um, but you've got to go check it out yourself. Relax the back store in Green Hills. They are remodeling. They will be reopened soon. But when they do, go to 2020 Glen Echo Road right there in Green Hills. A sleep agent is on hand every day. You got to talk to Glenn. He owns the store and ask him about the four pillars of wellness, healthy sleep, healthy body, healthy work, and healthy mind. All right, moving along. I'm gonna get my next one, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this one fairly quickly because I think it's, it's somewhat self-explanatory. Once I kind of explain what's going on here, um, I have Philip Forsberg, and I went with the song "A Thousand Years" by Christina Perry. But that's because this is a duet between with Philip Forsberg and David Poyle. 
For oh. this song, David Poyle jumps on stage with Philip Forsberg. And some the lyrics, if you don't know the song, came out in 2011. Uh, and all along, I believed I would find you. Time has brought your heart to me. I have loved you for a thousand years. I'll love you for a thousand more. Aww. So I think it's it's typical for for uh, for Philip Forsberg. I you know first of all I think Philip Forsberg is probably getting some singing lessons from his his now wife. Right, he could pull it off. Probably kind of a slower song, but uh, David Poyle backing him up. It's not really a duet kind of song. Maybe they had to do some harmony situation. Um, but I think it's very fitting because number one, it's taken about a thousand years for the Predators to find a forward that's as good as Philip Forsberg. And they will, won't have to wait the, you know, it might take another thousand years for them to find another one, but they don't have to, cause they signed him to a eight year deal. So, uh, Philip Forsberg and David Poyle singing a thousand years by Christina Perry. I like that. It's, <laughs> it's, it's sweet, sweet. Yeah. That's what we needed was a tender moment here. And, and uh. you know, Philip Forsberg, I thought about like maybe Philip Forsberg goes up there and does like, you know, 50 cent or something or something like hardcore. And I just couldn't see it. I wow. couldn't see Philip no. Forsberg going up there singing a, 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 you know, a rock song or like a rap song. I could, but I could see him going up there, sitting on a stool, putting the mic close and just, you know, maybe, maybe Poyle's on piano for that song. Cause it's a very piano. Oh. Song. Maybe that's what happens. I like that. I think that would, I think we need to see if we can make this happen. <laughs> What's your next think, one? We'll see what we can do. Okay, next, uh, let's see. I've got I've got three left to choose from. I don't have a specific order, so <laughs> yeah, um, okay. I'm going to go with one. I don't think it needs a ton of explanation, but uh, um, I went with I went with Mark Borowiecki, and I want to tell you why um, Mark Borowiecki fits this song. Before I tell you what the song is, you know, Mark Mark Borowiecki, he he's tenacious and fierce on the ice, right? But off the ice, he seems like an outstanding guy. Um, always has a smile on his face, always trying to help out and do good things for people, right? Um, and he reminds me of a musical artist that I, I, that sings this song. I'm not going to say the artist, I'll say the song, and it'll all make sense. But of course, the song is Mama Said Knock You Out. Oh. Because LL... Yeah or ladies love cool James, whatever you want to call him, James Smith. I don't know. It depends on how close you are. Um, you know, he's away from the microphone, outstanding human being. But when he gets on that microphone, he is, he's a beast. That's um, he'll, he'll battle anybody. But uh, that's, that's kind of the thing is, what does Mark Borowiecki do on the ice? Well, he's going to knock you out. I think that's perfect. That's a perfect one. Yeah. Uh, and man. It's simple. If he got up there put on some gold chains with those mm -hmm. teeth, with the teeth gaps. I mean, mm -hmm. that would be intimidating, right? It would be intimidating. I think it should happen. And I could see him doing it too. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I, I love that one. That's my favorite one so far. All right, let me get to my second to last one. I'm going to save my last, my last one's I think my best one, but I, I like this one too, because I, I was, uh, when I was coming up with the idea to do this particular, um, little thing we're doing whatever this is podcast episode uh yeah this is one of the ones i've thought of first i thought of wagon wheel and matthew shane and then the very next one i thought of this person philip tomasino and i i i really you know philip tomasino we as we enter this season it's going to be really interesting to see who he gets paired with and so i went with whitney houston 
I want to dance with somebody. So this okay. song, yeah. So like this song is all about a just a lonely single that's l- yearning for some sort of connection with another person. You know, I want to, I want to feel the heat with somebody, right? I want, I want to, I want to, yeah. I want to dance with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody. That's the, that's the, the key of the song. And uh, I think this fits Tomasino to a T. I think it's perfect. His, his sort of. His well, first of all, his 2021 life partners were like Nick Cousins and Michael McCarron, and Nick Cousins isn't in here anymore, and Michael wow. McCarron probably not going to play very much. He spent a hundred. He he. Oh, sorry, Tomasino played 140 even strength minutes with at least five forwards last year, and he played wow. at least 60 minutes with eight different forwards. He got moved around a lot. He yeah. did not really have a consistent partner. I think he was the best when he really played more, most with Ryan Johansson, but he didn't get a lot of a lot of time with him, like eighty something minutes. I'm sorry, no, it, that was someone else. But he he spent over 140 minutes with him. But um, but here's the thing: it's not his fault, and that's a key to this song, the Whitney Houston song. Uh, there's a there's a line in there where she says, "Clock strikes upon the hour, the sun begins to fade. Still enough time to figure out how to chase my blues away." I've done all right up to now. It's the light of day that shows me how. And I think that line right there, and then, then she goes on to say, I want to dance with somebody, feel the heat with somebody. I mean, I think Tomasino's done all right so, to now. Like, he's he's been fine. He's He's been okay. But he needs a partner. He desperately needs connection with another partner. And I, I think that's the key for, for Tomasino next year. And I think that's why this is his song. Well, he, he needs to feel the heat with somebody is what's going on. I mean, and not just somebody, Alex, but somebody who loves him. Exactly. And and that song's great, by the way. Whitney Houston's awesome. And uh, that's P- – I mean, 80s Whitney Houston is just like, nothing better. I like this. She's so good. She's, her, her voice comes through in that song so, so powerful. And it's like you really want this person to find a connection with somebody if you really feel for them. And uh, that's how I feel about Tomasino. He's if, and and I, I think that I think the path is there. I think the path is there for him to be with Johansson and to be with Nino Niederreiter. That's the path. I think he's good, but it's got to happen. Well, when the night falls, his lonely heart calls. <laughs> because you know most of the games are played at night. When the night falls, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a great song for him. And, you know, he, that's the spot he's in. And I, I think, uh, you know, I think it's going to happen. I think they're going to, I think they're going to figure it out. I like it. That's cool. a very good, very good call. All right. Well, next song, next, next player for me. And then, you know, some of these have been hard as, as I, I told you, uh, you know, before we started recording, this has been the topic of the household for the entire weekend. Um, uh, we, we have talked about this. We've, we've laughed about it. Some of us have wept about it. It's been so intense, but, um, this one came really, really easy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a guy, the song is, I'll tell you the song is the Joker by, by the Steve Miller band. I'm a, I'm a lover and I'm a sinner. I play my music in the sun. I'm a joker. 
I'm a smoker. I'm a midnight toker. Um, great, great song, number one. Uh, number two, really enjoy the Steve Miller band. But I think this is a karaoke staple because it's it's a lot of fun to sing. You get to you kind of get to put on a lot of different personas. You get to be a lot of different people. Um, yeah. You get to be a joker, number one. Um, you get to mess around with people. Uh, smoker, even perhaps a midnight toker. Um, <laughs> you know, all of these different personas you can you can just take on in, in one short song and i think that's what what makes I, this such a good karaoke song but i have a feeling i know a, who this is going to be but go a ahead. player yeah a, a player that i think you know if you if you go to a game you know this doesn't come through as much i think on tv as when you're there in person but if you watch warm-ups you always see this player uh dancing around kind of making goofy faces at the kids uh you know bumping into his own teammates and just having a good time the same time he's a lot of fun in interviews um and and when when the game goes well it's probably the best person in that locker room to talk to he's going to have something positive to say he's going to say something funny because because he's a joker and of course if you haven't figured it out by now that would be ryan johansson there you go the joker very fitting he's he is a lot of fun. I, I know, I've said this yeah. before, but I know that whenever I go into the locker room, when we could still go in the locker room, which could happen this year, um, and if Ryan Johansson is getting interviewed, there's going to be something good. I'm ready to record, and I'm ready to put it out there because it's going to be funny. Or it's going to be at least yeah. interesting. Not necessarily funny, but it's yeah. going to be interesting. Um, and you know what else? Like, Isn't there a line in there that's something about I'll, – I'll look it up in a second. You you, – you add something here. I'm gonna. I've, I've got the whole song memorized, Alex. Just go ahead. It's fine. Okay. Well, I don't need the whole. I don't need the whole song li- listed back to me. But there's a line in there. Hang on. Well, not the gangster of love thing. I thought there was something in there about being a, like fighting somebody. No, I guess not. Well, I mean, he's a, a picker, a gritter, a lover, and a sinner. And the sinner part, you go to the sin bin, the penalty yeah. box, and you, you know, it, it happens. It's not an all the time yeah. kind of yeah, thing, okay. but it does happen occasionally. So I think it's entirely possible that, you know, you can get that meaning from those lines if you want to. Perfect. Got it. Makes sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Great one. Awesome. Perfect. All right. I'm going to do my last one and then you're going to finish it up. Okay. So, okay. This is the one that I think, I honestly think this is the perfect song for this player. And I, I, um, I don't know that there's a better song for this particular player because I just think that, but, <clears throat> so I, my, the player is Roman Yossi. Oh. And the song is Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, so let's talk about the song first. And you'll see where I'm going with this. But there is just there is no song written quite like Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, it has yeah. this, like otherworldly melody that sort of morphs into these little vignettes of different kinds of songs. It's like part ballad, part opera, part rock. And it part all Rhapsody. comes together in this like perfect theme that just like runs throughout that also just builds to this crescendo that's just incredible. It's just it's perfect and it's so weird, but it's also like it's it's an enigma and you're listening to it and what every time i listen to that song all i can think of is like how did someone write this song 
it's amazing to listen to how how could someone create that kind of a thing? How, how does someone come up with all the different parts? And obviously, it's not just one person. I mean, it was Freddie Mercury and um, what's his name, Roger. Um, she what's his name, Roger. Brian May. Uh, I forget his name. The other guy that was in Queen <laughs> wrote all the songs. Brian uh, May. Was it Brian? Was it? Yeah. Roger Taylor was the drummer, but he he helped he helped write part of. Anyways, it doesn't matter. He, he okay, Brian Brian May, right? Okay, it, whoever they all kind of wrote it. I mean, it was obviously came from mostly from Freddie Mercury, but uh, Brian May, Roger Taylor, and everyone else. But anyways, let's. I, I think what I'm trying to say is the communal effort to come up with that song is as impressive as like however Roman Yossi got created. I mean, like all of this feels comparable to Roman Yossi to me because of like how otherworldly he is as an athlete, as, a, as just a, a talent in Nashville. In, in Nashville. He, he morphs into this like slick skating forward that can go through and just find passages through the defense. He has incredible puck and stick skills uh, that, that blend in with that skating that like, he uses both simultaneously. He has, but he's also really good, tough. He's really tough defensively, despite what people say. He's great physically. He's also really good, uh, like with his stick to poke check things away at the perfect time. He's really good at knocking guys off the puck, but not necessarily with his body, but like with his positioning and with his stick skills. It's like as effortless it is to watch, or I'm sorry, Roman Yossi is so effortless on the ice as this song seems to be effortless for Freddie Mercury singing it. Like his, his incredible skills as a vocalist is just like always comes through when you ever hear that. Um, another thing, I've got more here. Uh, the lyrics are just like kind of weird and enig like enigmatic. Like he just has this weird, like the lyrics don't really mean a lot. They, they, they were asking him about like, they, they spent so many years asking him about like what the song is about. Uh, this one quote stood out to me that they said, it's fairly self-explanatory with just a little bit of nonsense in the middle. That's what they said about Bohemian Rhapsody. But like there's there's parts of this song that are like really depressing, right? <laughs> it's just like, it's not a very uplifting song until the very end when it becomes like really uplifting. And it's like, you know, uh, the the part where it's like, you think you can stop me and spit in my eye, you know, the, the, the kind of hard rock part at the end. Um. I just think everything about this song tells me it's Roman Yossi because of how perfectly it is from the beginning to end. Every time you see him do stuff, you cannot believe how good he is at it. And that's what I feel about that song. It's it's a perfectly constructed – they did I – was, I was looking at something earlier today. They they did so many different takes of that song. I'm sorry, so many different um, – uh, what are they called? Tracks over top. Yeah. It was like 180 different tracks for just basically just like four instruments, like – Guitar, drums, bass, and vocals. But like all, almost all of those are vocal tracks. It's like nuts. Um, and uh, anyways, I, I think that that's... Uh, oh, one more thing. Uh, the first time that I heard Bohemian Rhapsody, I just... Uh, the first few times I heard it, I assumed it was like a 10, 11, 12-minute song. It's only like six minutes long. It's actually less than six minutes long. That's how big of a song it feels, right? It, it feels so much bigger... Than it really is. I mean, it has all these different parts, and every moment in the song feels like a, this huge story, right? Um, to me, that's what it's like watching Romeo. See, all of a sudden you look up and he's played 26 minutes in the night, and you have no idea how. Like he doesn't even—it's like effortless. He doesn't even look like he's trying. You know, that's but that's a great comparison. 
Yeah, he, it feels like he, he, he's always out there. He's constantly there, but his game feels like you know he, he could he could keep going. He could keep going for another ten minutes. Thir- play thirty six minutes a night. See what happens. So that's my Roman Yossi is Bohemian Rhapsody. Let's let let me ask you a question. Since we're on the topic of Bohemian Rhapsody, I'm curious here. What was your first exposure to that song? Oh, it's obviously Wayne's World. Okay, mine too, 100. <laughs> percent I think that I think it's universal though. I think for people our age, I think that yeah. has to be the first exposure. It was definitely my first exposure. Yeah. Or you had like a really cool uncle who had like a really good record collection. He's like, you gotta check this out, man. Yeah, growing up and, in the uh, early nineties, growing up in the early nineties, like oh, late eighties, early nineties, Queen was not really like a popular kind of I mean, the grunge scene was kicking off, you know, Pearl Jam and Nirvana and stuff, but like you know, Queen was not really a big impact on my life but when wayne's world came out and i saw that song i was like what is this song and then i you know found found what it was and and heard it yeah so that but that was definitely my first impression of the song and it was the it was the greatest and best song you'd ever heard in your life right (laughs) also wayne's world introduced me to stairway to heaven i didn't know what stairway to heaven was until that movie and i was like (laughs) i didn't either what is stairway to heaven what are they talking about it's like no stairway and like when they're in the guitar store yeah what is that? And then I went and heard the song, and I was like, "Oh, it's a cool song." <laughs> I had my my best friend at the time uh, just randomly played guitar incredibly well, and I remember we went and watched that movie, and of course, I had no idea what it was about either. Like I was completely clueless. And uh, we got back, I think, to his house, and he was like, "Check this out, man!" And he he picked up his guitar and played the intro. The yeah. Stairway to Heaven, and I was like, "Oh, it's the it's that thing from the movie," and he's like, "What?" I was like, that's the thing that, that, that Wayne played at the guitar <laughs> shop. And he's like, it's Stairway to Heaven. And I'm like, what? Stairway to what? And he's like, Stairway, stairway to what? He had to explain it to me. And I felt really dumb. And I was like, I don't even know. That, but but then, I mean, it opened up like this whole world of, of rock. And it was incredible. So, you know, I'm not going to complain. That movie movie also introduced me to something else that might surprise you. Do you know what it is? Um. Gun racks? Hockey. Oh, trust me. I knew about gun racks. It was hockey. (laughs) I didn't know what a gun rack was. What am I going to do with a gun rack? I don't even own a gun, let alone mini guns that would necessitate a gun rack. Okay, let's finish it up. What is your your life? Okay. Um, All right. So this is is really exciting. And I'm I'm, I'm getting a lot of heat for this. Um, Really, you know, I'm just going to say this. So, the song Brick House by the Commodores, right? Little research. I'm going to do a little reading here. So, in, in 1977, right, the band was recording and there was some kind of equipment malfunction and some stuff had to be replaced. And so as they were repairing things, they just kind of took a break. And then the bass player started kind of coming up with this slick bass groove. And then everybody else kind of joined in. And um, the producer, you know, got back and was like, hey, let's let's record that really quick. And then everybody take it home and see if you can come up with some kind of song. So uh, uh, let's see. Who was it that took it home? I, I'm not going to. I guess it was the singer for the, the, the Commodores takes it home and uh plays it for his wife right and so Uh while they're sleeping while they're sleeping she she was inspired and she ended up writing the lyrics for the riff 
And it was a modification of the fun expression that I'm sure all the kids love, but to refer to someone being built like a brick house and uh, <laughs> turn it into brick house. And, and the reason that I, the reason that I've chosen this song um, is, is because the person that I think would sing it, you know, if you look back, they've, they've gone through their entire career undrafted. And, and what was it that kept them getting an invite to every team and, and earning a contract with every team? It was their outstanding, uh, you know, physical shape that they were in. And, and if you look at, you know, somebody who's in really good shape, you might refer to them as built like a brick house. So yeah. in this case, this song goes to Tanner Janot, um, mm. because, you know, I'd considered having him sing mama said, knock you out, but, um, it was more fitting because, you know, he's a, he's a big dude. And, and honestly, like I said, every, every contract he's earned, what kept him kept him on the team or what enabled him to get those contracts was the fact that he was in outstanding shape and that he was a physical specimen. So yeah. for that reason, you know, I mean, obviously the song is they're singing about, you know, a lady and not a hockey playing man, but um, you know, it, it's okay. I think you can, you can go with it. Right. It's all about the, uh, it's all about the chorus. That's great. I think it's perfect. And yeah, Tanner, you know, um, Definitely built like a brick house, and uh, I, I think I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with him next year. Um, will Will that continue? Will he take a step back in terms of his skill, or is, is he just gonna like show up to camp and just be like even more like just jacked? You know, like that'll be interesting. I wonder if he's gonna add to his muscle, if he's gonna lean up. Uh, what's gonna happen? You know, you're never going to outwork him. I know that, so that I'll, I'll be. I'm. As as Carl Taylor once told me, you could write any you could say I said anything about him as long as it was positive because I would never disagree with anything positive you could say about him. So right. So there we go. We have our our players. I'm just just a quick recap. Mine were Ellie Tolvanen, Don't Stop Believing, Nino Niederreiter, Wonderwall, uh, Roman Yossi, Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, Philip Forsberg, A Thousand Years. And Philip Tomasino, I want to dance with somebody. What were yours? I, I had uh, the Joker for Ryan Johansson, Wonderwall again for UC Soros, Sharp Dressed Man for Yakov Trenin, Mama Said Knock You Out for Borvietsky, and Brickhouse for Tanner Janot. Perfect. Awesome. Well, uh, what we what I was thinking we should do is we should try to find out if some of our listeners have any options. Have, we we only listed ten players, right? Well, eleven with Duchesne. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe some other players. What about, you know, maybe people have ideas about what Mikhail Granlin would sing. What would Dante Fabro sing? That's a, That could be a good one. Oh. Matthias, Matthias Ekholm, another big big player we didn't talk about. Colton Sissons. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to know what Colton Sissons would sing. And now I, I understand that he's in charge of the music in the locker room now. So Alex Carrier, Jeremy Lozon, those are other options. Or you can give us options of ones that we already talked about. Maybe you have a better option for, for one of the ones we came up with. I think we had some pretty good ones. I, I, I uh, It's going to be tough to top some of those. Maybe maybe a few you could come up with some better options. But um, I, I, like our, I like our options. Yeah, I agree. I think we did it really well. <laughs> All right, so thanks again for listening. Uh, that is going to do it for this week. We'll see everybody next week. Uh, check out all of our hockey coverage on A2ZSports.com, uh, including Sean's work and my work. Uh, you can follow Sean on Twitter at SCSNA. Sorry. 
at SCS NSH. And then follow me on Twitter at Alex Doherty1. And we'll see everybody next time.